Consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, Classic, and I'm here with my co-host. Gypsy, and today we have Joshua Ford. He is the CEO and co-founder of Hip Train, a VC-backed startup that provides live one-on-one personal training for $5.99 for every 30-minute session. Welcome to the show, Joshua. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you. So before, um, before we get into hip train, tell us a little bit about yourself and where are you from? Sure. Yeah, I grew up in a very small town in upstate New York. So a lot of people hear New York and they think New York City. Uh, my New York was a lot of cows, <laughs> a lot of grass. Um, so I grew up in between uh, Rochester and Buffalo in a okay. town. Okay. Yeah, I didn't never. I would never think cows in New York. <laughs> I know everyone. You know, once you tell someone you're from New York, they immediately put you in Times Square. But uh, that was very different from my, my first 18 years of life. So you you left and um, went to college as far as after that, or you got straight yeah. trade? Yeah. So I actually took a little bit of a, of a interesting route. I took a year off. I took a gap year between high school okay. and going to college and moved to Ecuador. Um, so it was the first time I left the country. I uh, didn't have a passport, so I had to apply for a passport before that. Didn't speak really any Spanish at the point. So uh, I went and spent a year in Ecuador, uh, and we can go into that in a second. But and then I came on back to to go to college. Well, you're saying you can continue and tell us about that, you know, while we're in. Yeah, it. why did you? All right. no, we'll come sure. back. But yeah, yeah, you know, I think I always dreamed of exploring the world. Um, I always um, wanted to learn Spanish, and I thought that. Um, that was an important language to learn as, as the world shifts and the U.S. really shifts with a lot of um, Spanish speakers. So I had an opportunity to go down. Um, I taught English in a school there uh, and played in like a semi-professional soccer league. So got to you know prolong my soccer career by a year, um, got to learn Spanish, got to live in a totally different um, environment. Uh, and so it was a really, really fun year and, and actually ended up being really formative. I, I didn't know it at the time, right? <laughs> I think most people kind of go through life and you look back you're like, man, that was, that was really impactful in my life. And I think for me, Ecuador maybe was the most impactful um, decision that I made in my life because it really did alter everything that I've done, including hip training. Yeah, I can agree. Definitely traveling is, is you know, it, it will change your DNA. Let me feel that way because I was 15 when I first went to Brazil. I've mentioned it a couple of times on the show. So I, like you said, you think back to some of the things and you're just like, oh my God, you know, that was, well, for me, it was a learning experience. Anyway, I still say things like, I can't believe I got in that two-seater plane, <laughs> <laughs> those types of things, you know, when yeah. I was in Brazil. Yeah. And I was only there for a month, but it is, it's something that it definitely changes your life. And it, it is, I recommend that, you know, everybody should travel at a young age, not just, you know, when you get older and have time for vacation though yeah the, the younger you are when you can travel it, it changes you and it helps to you know open up a lot of things yeah I, I couldn't agree more I uh and it's funny you said like the two-seater plane there's a probably a whole laundry list of things I wouldn't want mom to know yeah <laughs> you know, so that you just said uh that's just you know these buses you jumped on or hanging out the, the side of a you know public transit where there's you tons can, of people drink in brazil yeah exactly yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. do you feel like you're more adventurous when you go like i feel like things i would never do when i'm at home i can 
I could see myself doing when I'm, you know, traveling. Uh, I get a little bit more daring and courageous. Yeah, I, it's actually a good point. I haven't thought about it, but you're right, right? Like your your palate in terms of what food you're willing to try gets expanded. Um, you know, the things that you normally would say no to. And I think what it is, is like, you're already a bit uncomfortable, right? Even if you're having a great time, if there's a certain level of discomfort when you travel. And so you're already out of what you know, where it's like, okay, what the heck? Like, <laughs> sure, I'll do paragliding or sure, I'll, you know, bungee jump or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's like yeah. sometimes other places become that Vegas, like, you know, yeah, exactly right. happens there, stays there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm usually a scaredy cat, but there's been times where I traveled and I'm like, hmm, I could totally do the paragliding, but yeah. I would never do that here. I, I did that once and I almost had a heart attack and, uh, <laughs> my sister just got married last weekend and uh, my wedding gift for her was was paragliding for her and her her husband and so uh, but I told them I was I was very legitimately like ghost white didn't say a word for 35 minutes as we climbed the mountain you know as we were in the van taking us to the top of the mountain so yeah. I, I'm with you on that Gypsy. <laughs> yeah I, I was scared to try because I'm like I might pay for it and realize get all the way up to it and I can't do it I can't jump off <laughs> yep yeah I think I could I could see myself eventually finding my way to um parachuting somehow just that experience I've seen other people do it so it's like okay people that I know have done it and that's just you know where the um the professional straps you on and he yeah, just, yeah. yeah you jump out strapped to him I want to experience that for some reason, but it really scares the hell out of me at the same time. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, like seriously, I'm nervous that if I were to to do a like a skydiving, I would have a heart. Of, like, I wouldn't die from skydiving. I would probably just die from a <laughs> cardiac arrest from the fear. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I would get into it. I don't think my body would really, you know, because we we go snorkeling as well. Okay. So we swim in the ocean, so that's a different level of getting past fears that a lot of people probably don't know when you swim in the ocean yeah that is and you know once you can get comfortable just going out there past the wave and now you're just out there in blue yeah yeah and that, what do they say three feet once you're in three feet of the ocean you're in you know the complete wow basically. yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that's right <laughs> so what inspired you to start hip train yeah you know i think for me well, one thing I didn't mention about where I grew up is um, both my both my parents were teachers. And so, you know, I think they really instilled in me a, a love for learning and, and not always like formal learning, but just learning. Education you know, in general. Yeah, just in general. And so one of the ways that that manifested itself was really wanting to learn about the body and how the human body works. And, you know, part of that was because I, I played sports, but, but also, it was also just like a curiosity. Um, and um, one of the things that I saw, particularly in the beginning of the pandemic, um, was just that people really felt isolated. And, and it, you know, I think the pandemic led to further isolation. But I think that even before the pandemic, a lot of people felt very lonely, right? And, and for a lot of different reasons. But so when we started Hip Train, we were trying to solve a lot of different issues, right? We wanted to, like, at, at the very core of what Hip Train is um, and what we say internally, um, with our employees is that hip train is all about connecting two humans to accomplish their goals, full stop, right? That's really what we, what we care about. That's what drives us every single day. And so we started hip train because we, we realized that in order to hit your goals, 
and, and everybody has different goals, right? So that could be, um, you know, I'm working out for mental health issues, right? And it helps de-stress me. It helps me with my anxiety. Um, and I would actually put myself in that bucket, right? Where working out is actually mostly for me um, about my mental health. I mean, it's great for my physical health, but it's more so on the mental health side of things. Um, you know, some people want to gain muscle mass. Some people want to lose weight. Some people want to gain weight. Some people want to, you know, become more flexible. And so we started hip train so that you could get paired with a certified trainer and jump on something just like this, where it's live, it's one-on-one -on -one via video. Uh, you get the same trainer every single time. And I think the most important thing for us is that it's affordable for everybody, right? Like there are drinks at Starbucks that cost more money than a 30 minute session with hip train, right? I mean, most drinks I think at Starbucks cost more money than, than, a, than a hip train session. And so we really wanted to help people hit their goals, whatever those goals may be and, and pair them with a, a professional, right? Somebody who can help them and, and help them both with the physical side of things, but also just the accountability, right? Like that's the biggest thing I think. When we talk to our, our members, the number one thing they mention is how much of a help it is just to have somebody out there who you have a relationship with in terms of, of staying accountable to whatever their goals are. Yeah, I think that's, <clears throat> you mentioned a couple of things there that kind of, I've always wanted personal training, but then it's super expensive and not affordable. So I'm always like, okay, maybe a different time. Well, after we, we finish recording this podcast, Gypsy, you and I are going to talk offline. We're going to get you a personal trainer. So we're, we're going we're gonna to figure that out right, right after this one. That's great. Appreciate that. So how is it um, with, have you, have you had, um, I guess, the feedback with dealing with um, physical, someone physical versus virtual? Yeah. Um, what are some of the, the, the feedback or, or the differences in some of the results with that? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. I think a lot of people are hesitant up front where they say, oh, gosh, I don't like I want to be in person with someone. And then what we hear over and over and over again from folks is like, oh, gosh, like that is a really effective workout right? And the cool thing about this is you don't need to belong to a gym. You don't need to have a ton of equipment at home. You just need to bring your body, right? Like if you have a yoga mat, great, bring some water and bring yourself, right? And, and of course, if you have resistance bands, if you have machines, if you have weights, if you're a member of a gym, you can absolutely do this from your gym. But we've tried to make it so that it's accessible for everybody. And there's not these like massive costs up front of, um, you know, getting ready that discourage people and kind of put barriers up to starting out. Okay. Is it, um, is it some of the workouts more weight related or just more in-house type of? Yeah, it's, it's literally based on whatever, like whatever you have, right. And what your goals are too. So for me, okay. um, I do a lot of kickboxing just because I think it's fun. And I think it, you know, it almost feels like you're not working out and you are working out. So, you know, I, I'm just throwing punches in the air. Right. And, and, um, you know, there's no, there's no equipment there. Um, but, you know, we have some people who do Pilates, we have some people who do yoga, um, we have some people who do weightlifting, and they're either at a gym or they have their weights at home. So really, whatever you want, um, you know, our team will pair you with a trainer with that expertise, right? So, um, you know, not all of our trainers are certified in yoga, right? So if you want to do yoga, we'll make sure that you're, you're paired with someone who, who is certified and, and knows yoga. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's really just based on the equipment that you have or that you don't have. It's probably less excuses when it's virtual too, right? Like, yeah, you're going to miss the gym if you're, you have a lot more excuses to miss the gym if you have to 
go through traffic or you have a different schedule but if you're yeah a hundred percent like if it's raining outside doesn't matter right yeah. if gas is expensive doesn't matter if like if there's traffic doesn't matter like they're really like that um that list of blockers starts to go away and there was a really interesting study done around um it was in the uk actually but it looked at um people who go to the gym versus people who don't go to the gym what they found was if you live more than four miles away from the gym like your likelihood of going on a regular basis fell like 80 something percent. Right. Uh And it's exactly what you said. Like, I just don't want to sit in traffic. I don't want, you know, and I think we've actually found that we have a lot of people um, who have kids and have kids at home that really like doing hip train because they don't need to get a babysitter. They don't need to like bring their kids to to, to the gym. They can literally do the, the workout with their kids in the next room playing or in the same room playing and, and, and it just like simplifies their life and again, simplifies their, their cost. How does the matching process work? Like, is it uh, app-based or is it like you talking to someone and getting yeah. the perfect trainer for you? Yeah, good question. So you, when you sign up, you'll sign up, um, you'll do a form and you'll tell us, you know, what your goals are, what you're looking for in terms of an instructor. And so when I, when I say that, I mean, like, do you want a tough love boot camp instructor? Do you want unconditional love? Do you want someone who's very energetic? Do you want someone who's a little bit more low key? Um, and so our team um, of, of humans <laughs> will, will read that form um, and they'll cross-reference it with all of the information that we have on our trainers. And then they'll pair you according to what you've asked for. Um, and of course, if it's not the right fit and you feel that, you know, maybe this is not the one for me, um, we're always happy to, to repair you with someone else. Um, but I would say probably 99.9% of the time, our concierge team gets it right. Okay. For our um, listeners that are trainers, um, how would they, you know, if they're interested in becoming a part of a, a program, something like this? Sure. Yeah. If you just go on our website, it's just hiptrain.com, H-I-P-T-R-A-I-N.com. You'll see there's a little area for trainers to go in and and they'll fill out a form too. And they'll tell us about their expertise. And, um, and then we have a process to, um, we make sure that they're certified as well as they go through our selection process um, to make sure that every single member gets a, gets a really incredible experience. But yeah, for trainers listening, um, just go on the website and, and you can sign up under the trainer part. So was this always like your passion as far as fitness and uh, this line of business? Well, I I think personally, I was always really interested in fitness and I always enjoyed working out. Um, You know, it wasn't what I've always done in my career, right? I've I've worked at a bunch of different startups. Um, I worked at Uber. Um, I worked at a company called Candid, which um, helps people straighten their teeth for a fraction of the cost of Invisalign. Um, So I've, I've worked at a bunch of different kinds of companies. But I think what I have been really passionate about always is making things more affordable and accessible for people, right? And I, I think that comes from my background, right? Having uh, two teachers as parents, I think everything that I want to spend my days and nights working on, I want it to be affordable to them, right? And I think it's a really, really cool thing if you can offer a premium service at an affordable price point um, and still maintain that quality, right? It's not about um, you know, terrible quality. It's how can you deliver really, really high quality services or products at a price point that normal people can afford. To kind of touch on the, um, I guess, to go back on the Uber thing, a couple of things that I, I remember you mentioning. Um, you mentioned that as far as people were 
were lonely before the pandemic. Yeah. That was one thing. And I also have about 3,800 rides um, with Uber out here yeah. in Los yeah. Angeles. And I know that you're on the other side of America in, in New York. What I know, I, I know they've changed some things. People are lonely here before yeah. the pandemic. That, and that was when I was driving Uber. They were yeah. long passengers that I, yeah, that was a, um, a learning experience. Like I said, I can look back on and see that people were lonely in their own lifestyle or in their own circle. And yeah, that's, that's in LA, in New York. What is the experience like as an Uber driver? And is it, I guess, is that something that you got from people in New York? Are people in New York just as lonely in their yeah. life as people out here? Because we know that California has a certain vibration and move and yeah. party life, dating life of its own. Yeah. So yeah. we're on two different opposite sides. What yeah. Is well, yeah, I mean, I think California is a beast of itself, but I think New York's also its own unique kind of animal. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think, you know, yeah, I think that really people are low. Unfortunately, I think people are lonely everywhere, right? And I think in New York, you know, you have a lot of people that move here from around the world. And that's part of what makes New York such a special place, yeah. right? Is, is you, you just have this true melting pot of, of people from everywhere. And, and I, when I say everywhere, I mean, of course, geographically everywhere, but also just different walks of life, right? You've got people who, um, you know, are trying to be the best in their field, but in all different types of fields, whether that's a chef at a restaurant, whether that's a writer, uh, actor on Broadway, an athlete in the, you know, in, in a professional sport. So there's so many different paths um, that people are on here in New York. But I think that it can be a very lonely city, right? And, and you have people coming in and out. It's a very, very big city, you know, so it, it's, you know, you see all the people, but, but I think a lot of people do feel very alone in that and they don't really have the connection and, um, you know, most people are not here with their family, um, especially if they've moved from somewhere else, right? They don't have their immediate family or their extended family with them. And so I think that, um, unfortunately, I think loneliness, whether you live in a big city, you live in a small town, or you live in the U.S. or you live somewhere else, I think that it, it is a, it's a big issue. And, um, you know, there's a lot of studies that have been happening now around what that does to your physical health, right? Like being lonely leading to a, a decrease in, in life expectancy. Wow. <coughs> that was, yeah, just something I wanted to. Yeah. Has the, Uber to Uber drive. Has the <laughs> last two years like changed your business, whether it's positive or negative? Well, we, we actually started Hip Train um, back in October of 2021. So we, oh, we weren't around from the very beginning. So we're, we're relatively new. Now, we've done about 10,000 sessions since we started. So we, we've grown really quickly. And, um, you know, I think, again, if you can deliver really high quality at, at the price that we are, you, you can, you know, people are going to get really excited about that. But, um, you know, we have seen even in the last three or four months as the world has opened up a little bit more and people have started to, you know, live a more post-pandemic life. Um, you know, we were concerned, are, are people going to just stop working out at home? Are people going to, you know, not want to do things virtually anymore. And, and we've actually not seen that at all. In fact, we've just grown bigger and bigger during that period. And so, um, and, you know, but some people are taking us to a gym now, right? Where in the beginning, gyms were mostly closed. And so right. um, that wasn't an option. So we definitely are seeing, you know, some consumer behavior change a little bit around, 
you know, people taking us with them wherever they go or, you know, working out in a hotel room. And that's one of the other cool things about remote is you can, you can be on the road, you can go visit your family, you can go on vacation and still have your training session, which, you know, you wouldn't be able to do in a, in a physical environment. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that is a great idea. No excuses. (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah. And and I think like the other thing is you really do. And this is, I I know like for me, the biggest thing that keeps me working out with my trainer on hip train is I don't want to let her down. Right. So even the days that I don't feel like working out or I have a headache or, you know, I just came in from a trip and I'm tired or I had a long day at work. It's like the relationship where you're like, man, I don't want to let Matilda down, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been working out with her for seven months. I, I don't want to just bail on her, right? Like, you don't do that to your friends. You wouldn't do that to your sister, right? So um, I think for that, like, in terms of kind of that, that list of no excuses, I think at the very top is just you like your trainer and you don't want to let them down. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. I guess to speaking of training, I kind of want to switch it up a little bit. I, I played soccer when I was in high school, but I didn't really go too far with it. And I know that you worked with FIFA. Yeah. Give us a little insight of some of the training regimens that the that those players kind of, you know, experience. Yeah. It's so, so much more intense than just, I guess, the regular high yeah. school or college training. Yeah. I think you, you said the right word, which is intense, right? When you watch these, um, men and women work out, it is, it's a business, right? And, and, and they are true professionals and, you know, they are both focused um, in the practices, but, but also I think what really struck me is like off of the field, right? So obviously they're going to be focused on the field and, and it's a very intense, you know, the physical aspects are very intense, but they're really intense in their recovery, right? And the ice baths and the stretching that they do, the massage therapy that they do, um, the nutritional side of things, right? Like they're, you know, if you think about it, um, their bodies are their like instrument for work, right? And so just like you wouldn't like pour water on your computer because you wouldn't be able to do your work. Like same thing with them. Like they're not just gonna put stuff into their bodies that are not going to help them become, you know, elite level athletes. And so um, I think that both recovery, the nutrition, and then obviously like just the, students of the game like they really really understand the game at that level um, and they understand um, you know just the intricacies of of how it works and I think you know some of it's studied and some of it's just that when you spend a hundred thousand hours doing something it's ingrained in your brain right so it becomes intuitive for these folks and um, so yeah I mean I I think that just watching I I think any athletes of any sport I I just process just so impressed with the discipline and the um, the intensity that they bring to every single aspect um, of their lives. Yeah, because that is a crazy amount of running. <laughs> yeah, and it's amount of time. And that's the thing where, like, in high school, I mean, at least in my high school, um, our league, you know, you could substitute freely, right? So you could run really hard and substitute, like in 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 the professionals, you only get three substitutes a game. So that means, you know, of the 11 people on the field, you know, 10 and a goalie, seven of those people are not coming off the field, right? They are running for, for 90 something minutes. Right. And, and um, you know, they get halftime to, to rest a little bit, but, you know, I, I remember thinking that like when I went and I played in Ecuador, that was the biggest thing for me was just like, Oh my gosh, I don't, 
get to play really hard for 15 minutes and then sit for five, right? Like that doesn't work anymore. Like, and then come back in. You, if you get taken out, you're done. Like you can't come back in. Yeah. Um, and, and the team only has so many substitutes. And so it, it is, it, 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 I gained a ton of respect for, for kind of players when I, when I had to live that and was just like, oh my gosh, like the, the level of endurance is, is probably 4X what you needed in, in high school. Yeah, I grew into um, loving uh, MMA and stuff like that. I don't, as far as training or anything, but watching, I'm a big fan sure. of it. And I have a huge respect for even those fighters. And that was one of the things that um, that they mentioned, that they're like one of the hardest training, um, some of the hardest training athletes yeah. in, in some of the sports. Do you think that that's, is that accurate? Well, I, I've never done MMA, but I'll, I'll, I have done boxing and, and kickboxing and, and, you know, I haven't fought, you know, and got hit or anything, but just trained. Um, Training, yes. it's, it, Training. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. exhausting, right? Like it is uh, a full body workout, right? Your abs hurt, your shoulders hurt, your arms hurt, your legs hurt, um, like, like literally everything hurts. And, um, and, and actually we, we've got some MMA fighters who are trainers on, on the hip train platform. Nice. Um, and it's really interesting to, to like, train with them because you just realize, I mean, all of our trainers obviously are in pretty good shape, but they are at an elite level. Um, and just the, um, you know, it's that mix of like strength, but also quickness and also being able to hang in there in the ring and, or the octagon for, you know, the entire time. And, and that's a, that's a very unique blend of athleticism. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for it. So who, yeah. who, what's your favorite soccer team and who's your favorite player? Ooh, that's a good question. So I'm a big Barcelona fan. And, and, you know, like I was growing up, of course, in like the Barcelona glory years. And so, um, you know, the Barcelona of today is a little bit different than we, we were very spoiled for, I don't know, 15 years. Um, favorite player. Um, I, I always probably love like a center midfielder uh, at, at like the position that I really key into. And so, um, you know, I think Zinedine Zidane was great. I think, um, I loved Andres Iniesta, uh, who played for Barcelona and on the national soccer, uh, Spanish team. Um, um, so pretty much all of those guys I, I love. Um, I'm out of my, my, my soccer circle. I used to play FIFA all the okay. time. And, yeah. you know, but it's been a couple of years. I got annoyed with the game in general because, you know, I play online, they, somebody will score, and then they keep the ball in the backfield. Yeah, and it absolutely yeah. it got me one day, and I was just like, "All right, I'm done with the game," you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I haven't been back the same. But yeah, I oh man, but um, Real Madrid, of course, was my team for a long time. I can't say I really yeah. have a favorite player because um, I haven't just been I've been into MMA for so after that sure. after it was like, "All right, I have to pick a sport because of time wise, I can't," you know like everything or want to play yeah. or you know be involved so it was like all right i'm gonna go with mma let all the other sports slide away and just started focusing a lot on just you know being more of an mma fan and picking those sports wisely as a business person but you know <laughs> yeah I've, I've i've i can't say i have a, a a favorite soccer player brazil has always been my favorite international team of yeah. course because yeah. i'm so exposed to them at a young age but um yeah yeah, they are a fun, the, the Brazilian team, I will say, their style of play is the most fun to watch, right? Like the, the joy that, the, and, and like just, I mean, you saw this in Brazil, and I, and I was in Brazil a little bit with FIFA. Um, the joy that people play, like it's, 
I mean, they have like a phrase in Brazil called joga bonito, which is like play beautifully, right? And so it's not so much like play hard, play fast. Like that would be like the American or the German way of, of kind of, you know, they play hard, play together, play fast. And the fact that like Brazil just play beautifully is I think really indicative of how they play. And it's just, it's fun to watch them warm up. It's fun to see, like for them, it's, it's just as much art as it is sport. Um, and I think that's really cool in Brazil. I, I think they put dance in with it, you know. Yeah, exactly right. Um, Ronaldinho sometimes, you know, how he, you know, yeah. moves the ball and, you know, yeah. it's, it's like a, you can see a mix with his dance and his body movement with his. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, if you just take away the ball and put him in a club, like he's. he's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the culture in general because even Anderson Silva, when he's in Oxford, oh, yeah. he kind of does a little. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's just dance, part yeah. of the culture. Like you said, do it beautifully. And I think yeah. it's just ingrained yeah. in there. Yeah, it's a good point. You're right. I think it's, and I've worked a lot with Brazilians and I think it is just part of who they are as people. And it's, it's really, it's something I really admire actually, right? Where it's uh, that yeah. joy of life, that joy of um, aesthetic, I think is, is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Putting the, you know, the, the fun in with the work as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's results of your skills. If you can dance and do it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But before we get ready to close it out, for our audience again, let them know the links and everything where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. So if you just go on um, hiptrain.com, H-I-P-T-R-A-I-N.com, uh, or on Instagram, hiptrainfitness. Um, and one thing I didn't mention is, uh, you know, if you sign up right now, you get a free first week. You know, we're not going to ask for your credit card. There's no commitment. Uh, and so it, it's really a great way if you want to just ease in and see if it's if it's for you. It's a pretty easy way to way to do that. Joshua, it's been a great conversation. I've definitely yeah. learned a lot. I appreciate the information you've shared with us sure. and your time and coming in and talking with us as well. Well, thanks for having me. It's, it's, been, it's been really nice to talk to you. Appreciate it. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our viewers. Thank you to the subscribers. Thank you to the people that are donating. Thank you to everyone that has been supportive of American Gypsy Podcast. And you can find us at americangypsy.com. We have all the episode audios, videos, guest information, uh, links to our uh, merch, uh, consistent self-improvement merch at luamli.com. And, and we also have music at classic, K-L-A-C-C-I-K-C-A-R-P-E-N-T-A. We have cello music, some instrumentals, and also some stuff with some vocals. Um, that's on iTunes, <laughs> Spotify, YouTube, and Tidal and all major platforms. Thank you again. Thank you again, Joshua. Consistent self-improvement to everyone and peace. peace.